What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 96 and a very, very special episode. What's up, B-Pimp? I'm so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today on this very special episode. Exactly. What we have to talk about. And I'm, I won't say what that is, but man, is it special. Um, well, so we're taking a break from talking about the 90s hit pop culture phenomena. We'll get back to that in a couple of weeks. But what we're talking about for this episode is the release of the brand new Whiskey Sessions EP entitled Whiskey Sessions 2, Another Sip, Five Hot Tracks, and it's out today. Uh, If you listen to this podcast later than the day it came out, then it's already out. And you can get it on uh, Bandcamp, you can get it on iTunes, you can get it on Spotify, wherever you like to get your music, you can get it. Whiskey Sessions 2, Roman numeral 2, colon, another sip. B-Pimp, how psyched are you? I couldn't be more excited. I have been waiting. Uh, We've been working on it, obviously. Um, It's, I'm just so excited. It's so, uh, so rewarding to sit there and listen to the fruits of our labor. Most, most of the labor, honestly, is yours, but the, uh, the fruits of that labor. Every, every, uh, verse that you have on this album is, is fire more fire than the last one. Even I got, you know, I, I worked on it. I got the pen out. I got my little notebook out jotting down the rhymes when they come to you just so you need them you know for a rainy day couldn't wait it, it's it was just so exciting that it's out yeah and uh no i mean you bring up a good point if if you got that hot bar in your head you can't let it pass and this to say that this album and it's for our, our listeners at home it's a hip-hop album is it's full of power lines that's all it is is power lines and it's five great tracks. So we were thinking about doing a top five for this episode where it would be the top five tracks on the album, but then there'd be no honorable mentions because it's only five tracks. So we're skipping the top five, uh, but we are, we could not be more excited that this is out. So we'll definitely dig into it a little more on this episode, uh, but be pimp. We have in celebration of this being our second hip hop EP, we have not one, but two whiskeys to try on this episode. So it could be two smooth trains. It could be two boots. It could be, uh, you know, the Siskel and Ebert, one thumbs up, one thumbs down. Who's to say? But why don't you tell the listeners at home what whiskey you have to try? We should do, we should each introduce and then pour and drink together, right? Love it. Perfect. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so Marksman is mine. Um, It's got two tomahawks on the front. It's pretty sweet. It's got some gold on it, which if you listen to the EP, you'll hear some talk about that, mm-hmm. which is how I know that they're serious or they're trying to dupe me. We don't know until we taste it. You know, it's um, going to be one or the other. Exactly. It's barrel aged. It is made in Kentucky. Um, oh, it even says it's an oak barrel and it's 80 proof. So 40% alcohol by volume. And it's bottled by Oak Park Distilling in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, I was, I mean, of course it's Kentucky, but when you said Oak Park Distillery, I was hoping it was the, the Western suburb of Chicago. Uh, yeah, that would have been cool. Distillery there. I know that would have been awesome if there was like, Hey, that, that hidden distillery in Oak Park. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. And I am drinking Tin Cup, uh, an American whiskey. I somehow, I bought this whiskey and didn't notice that it was true to its name. The cap is a tin cup and it looks to be about, I, I would say it was the size of a shot glass. I actually think it's a little bit larger than a shot glass um, if I were to guess. But it also says it's cut with uh, Rocky Mountain water. So this isn't Louisville. This is actually bottled by tin cup whiskey in Denver, Colorado. So it's 42% alcohol by volume, 84 proof. And what else do we need to know about it? It just really, it refers to itself as a high rye bourbon. So I don't know what exactly that means. We know ryes always bring it with the spiciness. They always bring it with the spiciness, that is for sure. The high might refer to the altitude of Denver, perhaps. I, I wanna see if you can taste that Denver Rocky Mountain water. I, I want to see that too, because another imprint that they have right on the bottle is elevation, uh, 5,251 feet. So uh, a mile is 5,280 feet, if I recall. So this is just 29 feet below a mile high. It makes you wonder why they didn't go the extra 29 feet. So that makes that's a, that's a bad sign right off the bat. <laughs> it is kind of a bad sign. It's like, why, even if that is the property that you bought, build a three-story building and put the distillery on the third floor and just get that extra few feet till you get to a mile high. Does that seem unreasonable to you? I, I, it's so obvious that I'm shocked that they didn't do that. Am I going to give this whiskey a boot before I even try it? It might be the first preemptive boot. Yeah, I, no, well, I'll, uh, I definitely do want to try it. Um, but I, I don't want to say it's not a mark against it. All right, so I'm drinking mine on the rocks. Uh, Brian, how are you drinking yours? Same way, on the rocks. Nice. Also, the tin cup, I believe, probably is a, um, they're going with like the mountain climbing aspect. Like you could bring it with you to get hammered on the mountainside. Is that the deal? That might be the case. And I'm trying to think, this bottle is a funny shape too. It's a hexagon. And I'm wondering if, I haven't done a lot of mountain climbing and by a lot, I mean, I've never done mountain climbing, but I wonder if the shape of it makes it more practical to bring with you. I mean, the fact that it's glass makes me think it's less practical to bring with you, although it feels like a very solid bottle. So maybe it wouldn't break that easily, but uh, still, I don't know. Mountain climbers, tell us at home, would you want a hexagon shaped bottle? Would that make it easier for you to bring that mountain climbing? And to put it in the St. Bernard, uh, you know, the thing that it wears around its neck to carry whiskey. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And is it safe to mountain climb when you're drunk on whiskey? I would say. I assume. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I, I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's probably improves the safety. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. So let's take a sip of the, another sip or a first sip and then another sip of these whiskeys. Exactly. So what are you tasting uh, with your whiskey? Mine is um, a little bit light color uh, for a bourbon. Normally I think of a bourbon being darker, more caramely. This one is a little lighter. Um, the taste right off the bat is pleasing. I will say that. What about yours? You know, kind of having actually pretty similar sensations. It is lighter in color. I had a sip. It didn't hit me with too much of the spiciness, which... I actually appreciated 
Um, so it wasn't spice forward. It is a little bit uh, on the back half of that taste, but smooth overall taste, sitting a little bit in my mouth, but not unpleasantly. It's not giving me any kind of metallic taste, which is like, for me, that's how you, that's the fast train to the Bootsville is to have any sort of metallic taste in it, especially in the aftertaste. But it does, has a little bit of spice, but sits evenly, sits pleasantly around my mouth. And yeah, I, I gotta say on first sip, I am liking it. I'm taking another sip and I believe that's the Whiskey Sessions law. At this point, now that we're two EPs deep, I think we need to say that it's a, you have to have the second sip to really oh, yeah. have a, a fair shake. Absolutely. And it is increasing in its pleasingness. Um, there's a, it's not the traditional bourbon that I'm used to. It's not, I would usually I think of a bourbon being warm, but also a little sweet. And this is more on the more towards the drier end of bourbons I've had, but it's very, I really, really like the character of the taste. Like it's just whatever, whatever they're going for. I think they hit the mark. I think that's why it's called marksman. That's going to be my guess to why they named it that with the hatchets on the cover. Well, and I, I like that you say that it isn't, it isn't hitting the sweet end too much because I, I think a bourbon can fall into some rough waters if it's like too caramely or molassesy or whatever it is. I don't want it gumming up my mouth, you know? Yeah, you don't want to feel like you were eating, like chewing tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, on the second sip, the tin cup is very similar to the first sip. I My only complaint against it is it doesn't, it's missing something. I mean, not severely. Uh, I think I know where this is going overall, but I, I feel like it's not as full-bodied as maybe I would prefer it to be. When you say missing something, do you mean in relation to other rides you've had or just in general, like with your feeling about it overall? Uh, just with my feeling about it overall. Um, compared to other rides, actually, rides often feel like they're kind of missing that full-bodied taste to me. So I, I wouldn't say like this is some exception to that. I just it's pleasant, but it's it's I can't put my finger on what exactly it is. It's just not not quite the uh, the full bodied taste, the full like flavor palette that I'm you know often hoping to get from a whiskey that would be purely on the smooth train. I can see that. I'm ready to tell you that um, Marksman is going on the smooth train. I'm also going to give you bonus smooth train fact, which is I think this would go really well with ginger ale. So I'm going to try to mix it with ginger ale one of these times when I drink it. I think it would a lot of uh, bourbons. You need to uh, like a darker soda, but I feel like because of the way this one tastes, it would be a good ginger ale. Try it. We got one on the smooth train and Marksman. I actually think this would probably mix pretty well with ginger ale too. You know what I realized? I haven't had like a normal pop in like seven, eight months since whatever this pandemic started. <laughs> I've had like San Pellegrinos because I just buy those at the store, but I'm not sure I've had a Coke in like seven or eight months. Why is, why is that related to the pandemic, do you think? <laughs> because like if I went out to lunch at work or... I don't know if we went, we didn't, weren't really going to movie theaters either, frankly, but that's because of the baby. But 
Um, I'm just more likely to get a Coke at like a restaurant or a takeout place. Oh, okay. And it's just like not happening anymore. Yeah. It's not something where you get a case of cans and keep it in the fridge at your house. It's like, no, a- I mean, I like, I never did that, but, um, I would have the, the occasional Coke here and there or just walking into a convenience store and being like, yeah, I could use a Coke. Yeah. But I don't do that anymore. You're no Coke. sodaless. Yeah. And I realized in the house too, and I'm building up suspense for whether this gets the boot or the smooth train by sidetracking us completely. But um, in the house, we often have whiskeys, but not really other hard alcohols. But we also also often have just like light pops. So we never have that like correct combo. Um, yeah. So we have one bottle of vodka now, so we can do that. But uh, yeah, I need to get some ginger ale or some like Dr. Pepper or root beer or just a, a Coke or something like that to have on hand. I was looking for ginger beer to mix. I have a bottle of white whiskey that I don't like drinking on its own necessarily, but I think it would mix well. And I, I saw that there was a good cocktail you can make with white whiskey and ginger beer. So I've been looking every time for the past, maybe like month that I've, which is not that many times, but that I've been in a store, I've looked for ginger beer and have not been able to find it yet. And it's at like three different stores. I don't know why, but there's no ginger beer available. Apparently weird. It's like ginger yeah. beer and Clorox wipes. Good luck finding them. I guess they're just in demand. I was on Amazon looking for Clorox wipes and it was like $52 for just two like, <laughs> small tubes of them. I was like, come on, still? I know anyway, it's crazy. Smooth train for Tin Cup as well. Wow. Smooth train. Amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad to have two Smooth Train whiskeys for this episode specifically. But, you know, I like this whiskey, and the price point wasn't bad either. Same with mine. Mine was very, very reasonable. Mm-hmm. This is a new budget whiskey. In fact, it was, I believe, $22. Which I think 10 Cup was similar to that. I think it was a little bit higher, if I recall, but it was in the 20s. You're hard-pressed to find, like, a decent quality uh whiskey for cheaper than that you could find some around 20 but i mean you're not going to find like a really really good one at 15 i don't think no certainly not. so so that's this is like this is this is a good find i'm gonna have to commend my my lovely wife lisa on her whiskey choice yeah really good find way to go lisa yeah um has how much of the whiskey sessions ep has lisa heard she has heard i believe two songs of it okay, so far cool. yeah 40 percent. yeah she uh, liked them both i think she heard smooth train the single mm-hmm. and what was the other one it might have been oklahoma city i think okay yeah I, uh a few people at my work heard smooth train and seemed to like it so it's a it's a hot track out of all the five tracks so for our uh listeners at home It's a five-track EP. I mentioned that at the top. The five tracks are, in order, Smooth Train, which is the song that we released a little bit early. Then Alan Partridge, uh, an ode to one of our, if not our favorite favorite, uh, British show. Um, Then Oklahoma City. Then Whiskey. Oh, why did I just forget what we called this? Reflections. Yes, Whiskey Reflections. Thank you. 
And we wrap it up with Elbow Room, an ode to our favorite music venue in Chicago. So, B-Pimp, what track do you want to start with? Do a deep dive into kind of like how how we even came up with this track. What are your thoughts on this track? Favorite lines? Maybe starting with, yeah, what, what track are you excited to talk about first? I really have... Um... Oklahoma city has really grown on me. The more and more I listen to it, I love it. It's like the, the beat is great. The sample from the Oklahoma song is perfect. The lines like your little run at the end of your verse about, um, even the only known novel has the family leaving or whatever, however you say that it's perfect. I love that. It's just a great song. And I love trashing the thunder. It's so much fun. I do. I really love trashing the thunder too. And I, what I appreciate about that song so, folks, this is track three, Oklahoma City. You got to listen to it. Um, I do. That song has definitely grown on me, too. And part of it is like that song more than any other one is all power lines. And I love your 90s Sonics references thrown in there. And it was just it was fun to mix that one, too, because I did a, more than some of the other songs, like more with the verses and just different effects and things there. I like your ode to uh, the flagrant ones as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's one of my favorite tracks too. And Trashing the Thunder is the best part about it. The only regret I have is that I did not find a way to mention Hersey Hawkins. But other than that, it's perfect. <laughs> the Hawk. Yeah, you got to feed the Hawk. I don't know how that would have fit in. But man, you got the Rain Man. You got Debt. You got the Glove. It's... No, it's it's a, a great verse that you had on that one. Likewise, it's a great song. I love that song. It's my. It was always one of my favorites, but it might be my f- most favorite now. Yeah, it, I kind of think it might be mine too. And I I wonder in R E P. So I was thinking about the tracks, and I know we really smooth train first because you know it's just a banger. Yeah, club uh, banger. Yeah, and I'm thinking about the other tracks and how I don't want to say obscure they are or niche or they're. I mean, they're kind of both of those things. But that is what I love about this EP. Like between Oklahoma City, which I don't think you have to be too smart to appreciate how shitty Oklahoma City is, but it might help to know a little bit about kind of the, the basketball team leaving Seattle and going to Oklahoma city. So I don't know how many people are like that in tune or care about that. Then there's Alan Partridge, which <laughs> certainly is a reach for folks. Maybe yeah. the most obscure rap song ever. made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the last one is elbow room, which I love the elbow room, but if you don't live in Chicago and you haven't been to the elbow room before or spent a lot of time there, like that's another one. So this EP, I feel like, is for the fans. Yes, and I think that the best part about it is that if you know any of these topics as well as we do and love them, you're going to get so much more joy out of it. But even if you don't, the beats are so good that you're just going to jam out and you won't even care. I, it's such, like, I haven't seen exactly how long the EP is in total. I think it's about 18 minutes or something along those lines. But it just flies by. And I've been listening to it, like, especially as I was doing the final mixes and stuff like that while doing, you know, work or whatever the case might be. 
And it just, you start the first track and you blink and you're at the end of the fifth track. And then you, you feel like you were hit by a smooth train. Yeah, exactly. Or the fast train to Bootsville, as you mentioned earlier, <laughs> which I loved. Um, the, uh, it does, it goes that quick. And also you have to make sure you have your, whatever music player you use, put that little um, replay thing. So it'll just start it over. Cause you just, as soon as elbow room, the last note hits, then you just want to go right back on the smooth train. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Um, I think we were talking about like the, the obscurity of some of these tracks. And I think we both agree. None more obscure than Alan Partridge. Yeah. Especially because both of our verses are just, just all references to the show. So is the talking at the end. Like there is no part of the song. I think that you would even understand if you haven't seen the show, I'm Alan Partridge. Right. This is a boat. It's a dual service. It's, an ode to uh, one of the great shows of all time, great characters of all time by Mr. Steve Coogan. But it's also a way to get people interested and then maybe they'll go watch the show and then they'll understand what Cook Pass Babtridge is a reference to <laughs> when, when his car graffiti gets messed up. But yeah, I think that you're absolutely correct about that. It is. And I like the way you frame it right there because it's like, Yes, you don't understand this track initially if you haven't ever seen the show or don't know who Steve Coogan is or just don't appreciate that kind of humor. But the song could be an entry into starting to like that. And what I didn't realize is the two seasons of the actual show, I'm Alan Partridge, uh, are separated by like five years? Yeah. I had no idea. I only noticed that when I looked it up uh, today. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And like, it, you can tell with, he looks different. I think it's just because like, it's just five years. So I mean, people will look different, but then there's a lot of spacing between a lot of the stuff. Like even the ones he's done later, there always seems to be, I think it takes them a while to like write enough to put a show out like he has a podcast now that's hilarious and that that is 18 episodes so i'm sure like that seems more impromptu a little bit like him riffing but it's still like that's a lot of content for that character Mm -hmm. so i think that's why there tends to be space in between all the stuff he does but it's perfect if if you haven't watched the show i'm alan partridge or seen the uh the alan partridge show that precedes it which was called knowing me knowing you watch one of those two things as soon as you can because they're both great not only will you be glad that we recommend it for you but then go back listen to the song and you'll get all the references in it it's perfect it's a perfect situation. You'll be, we're just improving your life for free. I kind of, I don't want to say I thought of it this way when we started writing it, but is this EP kind of like a self-help a, a life coaching EP? Yes, it is. And I'll tell you why it's somebody could just listen to it from on repeat, like I mentioned for about a day mm-hmm. and at the end of that day, they're just going to feel like Stuart Smalley sitting there looking in the mirror, talking about how good and smart they are. Cause that's what it'll do for you. You just follow it. It's a system. Mm-hmm. No, I 100% agree. Listen to it all day. I mentioned, I think it's about 18 minutes. Let's say you can listen to it three times in an hour. So over the course of 24 hours, that's what 
72 listens. Yeah. That's not as many listens as you probably should have, but still, it's a good start. It's a good start. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So we talked about Oklahoma City. We talked about Alan Partridge. Smooth Train has, of course, been out for a little while. But I think Smooth Train was the track we had to have. So people really understood what the Smooth Train was about. I think it is. I think it's like building on the lore of the, the smooth train for the podcast. That's li- it's like the the train is a character um, on our show almost. And you know that sometimes we take we we like to talk about how a really really good whiskey gets to the front of the smooth train, and if it's if it's a borderline whiskey, it's kind of like hanging on the back, just like barely on it. So it's got you know it's a, it's a temperamental train. But I think the fact that now we have a song to expand on all of this stuff is really exciting. Yeah. The one thing I will say about the smooth train, especially the more I listen to that song, the train sound I decided to go with, and I just like cycled through a ton of train sounds. The whistle is like pretty high pitched. It's like, it's like a little moody, (laughs) just like high pitched, like yippy dog train sound. I love when it's when it's um, right when before we talk towards the end of how it like you can hear the break or whatever. It's just like kind of like coasting into the station. It's perfect. It's great. It's a great ambiance for the smooth train. Yeah, it's uh, right before we're speaking. It's it's picking up that tin cup and it's picking up the um, I just forgot the name of the whiskey that you tried. Marksman. Marksman. So, you know, it's that's those final two whiskeys to get it on the smooth train. Yep. I'm trying to think how many whiskeys we even have on the smooth train right now. We got to be, if we're 96 episodes deep, there must be like 70 on the smooth train, I would think. Yeah, it's getting pretty full. We, we keep adding cars. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of trains. You can keep adding cars. Pretty soon it's going to be like the longest train ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it'll remind me of just my favorite thing. Not Seattle obviously has trains. But there's something about Chicago and all the Chicago suburbs that just, it's such a train hub for the U.S. It seems like almost every single line goes through there. And so when I visited Chicago as a kid, that was one of my favorite things about it, was seeing those trains, we get stuck behind one of them, and then I would just count the cars on it. And sometimes you have like 100 cars on a train. And I think that's where we're going with the smooth train. I remember um, as a kid, my house was relatively close to some railroad tracks that had like a lot of freight trains. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times at night, if I had my window open and the weather was decent, I could just hear, um, you could hear it. You could just hear the trains going by. It was like a one of those things that becomes a part of the things that you hear in your life. Like when we lived by the L and people were like, how could you live by that loud train? And eventually it's just, I mean, this is a sore subject because your room was like the closest to the L tracks. But when you weren't in your room, probably you kind of get used to it in a way, like how loud that train is. Yeah. I mean, I, I got used to it. It was fine, but it was hilarious that literally for folks that weren't aware, my bedroom was six to 10 feet from Eltrex. Yeah. Of a line that ran 24 hours, I should add. Yes. <laughs> Always running. Always running. And when I was recording vocals too, I would like, I would just have to time it. I would like turn on the mic right after a train and hope that I would get like a, you know, 10 minute stretch. I will say that was great. Where we live now in Oakland, 
even though we're about a mile, mile and a half from train tracks, I hear them really well. Like, especially, and I, I just kind of, I think you should live in a place where you can hear trains. There's a nice, there's a white noise um, app that I use for when I'm trying to fall asleep. And one of the options is like trains running. Cause it's like a nice calming. I don't know why I just like the noise of a train. Yeah, I do too. For me, it's, I never heard trains where I grew up in Seattle, but what I did hear was foghorns. And that's another sound I really like from both. So like, I like that train sound. I like that foghorn sound. Give me a mix of those two things in heaven. That's pretty sweet. This is, this is, this is all related because we're talking about the pleasing noise of a train and there's no more pleasing noise than the smooth train, the noise of that song. I will say your, your verse on that song is awesome. I especially, even though it's like a simple line, but I just love the rhythm of it, of just saying, um, it, it, I'm forgetting the very first word of it, but it's like whiskeys we give the boot to. And then the power line is, that's what you're used to. Yeah. This is boot so drinking. Dismissive. I think you're, I like your, um, that's the one where you say bees with me and he's, or bees sipping with me or something like at the end of your verse, right. And smooth train bees here with me and sipping or something like that. I like that line too. Yeah. It's uh no, it's a good track. I really, not to toot my own whiskey horn on this one, but I also just like the baseline a lot on that one. Uh, but yeah, that's hot track. Um, so like if you haven't heard it yet, because we released it a couple of weeks ago, definitely listen to it, listen to it, you know, through the context of the full EP. Uh, and I think you'll, you'll definitely enjoy it. Speaking of, speaking of great verses, how about Seth's verse on, uh, elbow room the closer god it's so good i like yeah listen to elbow room Seth's verse it's the third verse it's so good and just to give you a little bit of into how the the sausage is made on that one he came over i think this was in it was like in february it was we had like visitors in oakland for three consecutive weekends right before the pandemic. So it was Seth and then it was you and Lisa uh, and, uh, and then Maggie's sister also came. And then we haven't seen anybody since, but Seth came, I said, you know, do you want to do a verse on the song? You know, you performed with us at the album a bunch of times. It'd be great to have you on this track. And so he's like, definitely. And he was trying to write and think of things to write like the night before he was going to leave the next day and he just like wasn't quite feeling the groove or wasn't just like wasn't coming up with a verse that he wanted to uh so we're like well you know if it doesn't work out it's not the end of the world um but if you you know sleep on it and think of something great then i don't know what happened uh we called it a night and then in the morning he was ready to record with this whole verse that he had written and he just like blew it out of the water. It was amazing. I love his verse on the track. It's great. It's it's such an honor to share a song with. I mean, you you're a great MC in your own right, so it's an honor to rap with you on these. But Seth is Seth, Seth is really great, and I I always liked your 8090 stuff. is fantastic, and it's really truly no no all jokes aside, it is 
a great honor for me to be on the track with both of you. Oh, I, it's, I love that track so much. And I really like his verse on it. Uh, I really like your verse on it. I feel like for my verse, I was like channeling like eight mile Eminem for some reason. Like I was doing that kind of like build, like mom spaghetti. Like I was thinking in those terms, but um, you brought me there though, because your description of waiting to like perform there is it's, you brought me to the back to the elbow room. Yeah, it. I I just tried to remember what those shows were like, and like, I mean, for me, it's I get stressed out before a show. I like get anxious, especially for for a multitude of reasons. Like, one, do I remember the lyrics for the songs I'm doing? I'm not very good at memorizing lyrics, so that is like painful in and of itself. On top of that, always worrying about are people coming to the show. Because, of course, the venue, although the Elbow Room, to be fair, the Elbow Room is much better than every other venue about not trying to constantly pressure people on that. But you always worry about that. You don't want to have like 10 people show up to the show or less if you're saying that you're going to get 30, you're going to get 50, or you're going to get 100, whatever the case is. Uh, you definitely don't want to like underperform. So that's always stressful. And then just as that like all comes together and you're getting ready for the show, it's like, I'm definitely like just a ball of anxiety. And then once the show is over, could not be happier. But yeah, that's, that is true too. That feeling afterwards is so, that was one of the best feelings, even though I was usually only doing one song with you guys, like that I'm the same way. I get all in my head about like, well, I remember my lines and then some, a piece of advice I got that's sort of helpful in a way is like, nobody else knows your lyrics as well. So it's like, you could mess something up and they don't know that. I'm like, that's true, but I know I did it and I'll, I'll dwell on it. So I don't want to do that. Um, but then when you're done and if you've done what you, if you've nailed it, it's just like the best feeling Mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah. And I just felt, like we just had to have a song for the elbow room. I love that place. Like that, that it was, you know, such a great home base. You worked there. Of course I did more shows there than anywhere else. The staff that worked there was so nice and it was really sad that it closed. I mean, it closed before the pandemic. So I can't imagine, you know, even if it had stayed open another three months, like so many Chicago venues now are in trouble. Yeah. It's sad, so, but it's Yeah. I, I'm glad we did that song. I'm really glad Seth did his verse on it. And I'm glad that we had some uh, old recordings too to intersperse within the track. And those are from the elbow room too. Yeah, that's legit. Like that is that I that almost like that really hit me when I, when I first listened to the version and ha- that had that in it. I was like, oh wait, that is from the recordings. Like that is so cool that that's just that that lives on forever now. Like that actually happened at the elbow room. You know, that's really cool. Yeah, no, uh, I love that track a lot. Um, and then of course the last track is not really a hip hop track, but it's a track in which we, you know, recommend whiskeys. It's similar to like a track that we had on the first album that was whiskey recommendations. Uh, I just, <laughs> I forgot the name of the track again. Holy whiskey God. reflections because we're reflecting on mm-hmm. the whiskeys that we've recommended. That's and where I go. <laughs> yeah. Once we get to whiskey sessions three, we're talking about whiskey ruminations. Is that right? Yeah. Whiskey. We're then we're ruminating. Yeah. And then maybe whiskey sessions four will be whiskey revelations. 
Yeah, and then we could have like whiskey reverence when we we kneel at the altar of our favorite whiskey. <laughs> Ooh, I like that too. We basically we can pretty much punch out three more EPs. We could do like whiskey sessions one through ten. Yeah, and then we can have like a best of whiskey sessions too. That now that's where the money comes in. That best is of make the money. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I think I'm glad that we didn't call it whiskey recommendations too, because I noticed on this track, there's not that many whiskeys that we actually recommend on it. Yeah. That's why I thought, I mean, we did think about that title a lot and I think it fits because it, it is more of a reflection on the concept of the whiskeys that we recommend as much as it is. We do kind of, I think mention a few that are good, but yeah, it's, it's good. It's, I love those tra- the vibe of that track. It's kind of like this old skits on like the ludicrous albums when they like mm-hmm. call somebody or something like that, that's what it feels like to me. But I know one thing mentioned on the whiskey reflections is that we do need to try more Japanese whiskeys. I think we've only had a couple, if even. So I'd, I'd love to like, maybe we could do like a series of podcasts where we do like three or four in a row. Yeah, that would be, I'll, I'll do some research. Cause I got, I know that there's a few uh, that I saw that were recommended that are good, but yeah, then we can see, like, which maybe we can get one in common, too, and, like, do a joint tasting of a Japanese whiskey. Yeah, the only tricky thing with Japanese whiskeys is they tend to be at a higher price point. So I'm hoping a raise comes through at work, and then if it does, bam, Japanese whiskeys all the way. You're going to be making it rain Japanese whiskey. <laughs> exactly. Um, this, I feel like this beat, too, especially compared to the beat in the album before, it's like... Like really it's pretty fast and like upbeat yeah i like it i think it's perfect for that and it i think we were talking about it It has like a home movies vibe to it in a way yeah no it definitely does and it's uh yeah i don't know why i made the beat like pretty fast like or I, I, it did not take me that long to make it um but it was just like one of those things where sometimes if you're like putting something together it either takes forever to put together or you just like, like, yep, that sounds good. It's almost like a mood where you're like, yeah, that sounds good too. And I'm done. I really like the little piano riff that, or that's what it is, right? It's like a little keyboard riff or something that's the basis of it. I really like that. It's really catchy. It just sticks in my head. Sometimes it'll just be like looping. Yeah. And to the folks at home, they'll never hear it. But the initial, there's like a melody line in the, in the beat that sounded really close to the Flintstones theme song. And Maggie pointed that out to me after I was playing it for her. I was like, oh, oh, you're right. And now that's all I could hear. So I changed the first note in it and that's it. And now no Flintstones. Maybe it's like the Jetsons or something. Yeah, thanks for the assist, Maggie. (laughs) Yeah, so when she said that, that's all I could hear. And I was like, ah, damn, now I have to change it. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's, We've covered every track. Folks at home, you've got to listen to this EP. We've talked about it for a long time. I'm so happy that it's out. Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited. It's been worth the wait. It's been a lot of fun to work on. I, I've listened to it a lot. I enjoy it. And I'm very happy that it's the people get to hear it. Yeah, me too. Five tracks. Again, get it on Bandcamp, get it on iTunes, get it on Spotify. It's in other places. I think you can find like you know, on YouTube too. Um, 
I don't even know all the places. Oh, I think it's on Amazon too. So anywhere you want to get it, I'm pretty sure you can find it. Just type in that whiskey sessions to another sip and get the EP. Took us a while to put out. We're sorry for the delay, but we had to make it just perfect. It's like a spaghetti sauce. You know when it's ready and it, now it's ready and it's out there. Exactly. You don't, you don't want to rush things like that because then you get spaghetti splatter like all over the stove because you had it at too high of a temperature and you didn't mix it enough. That's exactly. Not, yeah. No. You gotta just let it simmer. That's what we did. And now it's perfect. And it's there and it's in your headphones going into your brain. Maybe whiskey sessions three can be like still simmering. Yeah. That's good. Well, whiskey doesn't simmer. I don't know if that reference makes sense. I bet it does at some point in the distilling process. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, that's enough talking about whiskey sessions. We got to get to the emails that we got for this episode. Um, so without further ado, let's do it. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, B-Pimp, what do we got in the old email inbox? Well, we got a very astute listener here that is already in tune with the Whiskey Sessions 2 release. So it says, Dear Whiskey Sessions, are you two fans of numerology? The release of Whiskey Sessions 2, another sip, has some interesting connections to the world of numbo jumbo, as we sometimes call it. Mm. The release date is 10-15-2020, which as far as dates go is pl- very pleasingly round. 10-10-2-20 for long distance calls? No. 1015 to 2020 for long distance delivery of pleasing hip hop beats and rhymes into your ears. Add up the numbers and we get into the real beauty. 10 plus 15 plus 20 plus 20 equals 75. And 75% is Whiskey Sessions 2's Metacritic rating. Steve from Linwood gave it a zero out of spite. Every other review is a perfect score. I'll listen while your mind is blown by these numerological nuggets. Sincerely, Nate the Numbers Man from New Hampshire. Wow. Thank you, Nate. And I will, I, I am happy with the 75% rating, especially you're not going to please everybody. And you're certainly not going to please Steve from Linwood. Yeah, I'm shocked. I mean, I'm not, I should say I'm not shocked that he gave it that score, but I mean, the fact that every other review is so perfect that we still have a 75% is mm-hmm. something to be proud of. No, I, I uh, appreciate the email and no, absolutely. I've, there's the, he didn't even go into all the numerology conspiracy theories that could exist with this album. I'll leave that up to the listener to figure out, but there's a lot going on beneath the surface on this one. It's like the Denver airport. That's what exactly. this, this EP is. Keep diving and you're going to find those lizard people. Trust me. They're under there. Yeah. Uh, all right. I got a whiskey or a whiskey. I do have a whiskey. I have an email. Uh, And this one is uh, from a guy who apparently does not listen frequently enough, but he says, Hey gents, you've been hyping up the whiskey sessions, the second whiskey sessions EP for so long. When is it actually coming out? Uh, And this is from Carla in Taos, New Mexico. Carla, I'm glad she wrote in, but I got to say it's out now. Couldn't say it more clearly. We cover all the tracks, of course, on this episode, but you just, you just got to listen to the EP now. There's nothing more to say about it. B-Pimp, is there, what else do you want to say about this EP to convince the folks at home that, hey, you got to check this out? You just have to listen to it. Once you listen to it, you'll know. And 
it's out. You heard the numbers. You're going to find your own conspiracy theories. If you listen hard enough, mm-hmm. if you play it backwards and there's a lot, there's a lot to find in there, but on the surface, it's great. The deeper you go is just bonus. Like at that point, wow. you're just getting more out of it. Absolutely. So listen to it once, listen to it 10 times, listen to it 110 times. Check out the Whiskey Sessions 2, another SIP EP. It is released today. It's out. Yeah, it's out. If you've got an email you want to send us to tell us how great the Whiskey Sessions EP is, please do send it to whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. We're going to read your email on a future episode. We're so excited to have this EP out. Please let us know what you think about it. Um, But be pimp. Do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? Drink your favorite whiskey and listen to your favorite whiskey sessions EP, whichever one that is, or both. And I'm just happy that it's here and enjoy. Yes, enjoy. Until next time, this is Amets saying peace out. And be pimp. Bye-bye.